Greetings, listeners, and welcome to All You Can Geek, GameCast episode 396. I'm your host for this evening, Anthony Parkinakis, joined by Corey Feinsob. Hey, yo. And Mike Zanidi. What's up? Greetings again. Uh, sorry, uh, there's going to be no video podcast this week. Unfortunately, Jim could oh. not join us. Uh, he had some uh, real-life work obligations, uh, and he's the guy that usually records the video stuff for us. Uh, so if you're listening or wondered why we weren't on YouTube, that's the explanation. But uh, we'll look into alternative solutions so you can see our handsome mugs, uh, no matter who is or who's not here on the podcast. But anyway, let's get right into the news. we got some uh, juicy stuff as we're approaching E3. And uh, just to follow our movie cast, we're going to jump into the uh, NPD for uh, software hardware sales from uh, the month of uh, April. Wow. I uh, can count for a second there. I was like, uh, wait a second. We're in May, but almost in June. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, God of War... Uh, was clearly by far and away the number one selling game for the month, and actually is the highest selling exclusive. Hold on, let me let me get this correct because uh, this is their their um, PR speaking. God of War has had a better debut than any other PlayStation exclusive ever, according to the NPD Group. Not only was it the best selling game in the U.S. in April, but its performance in its first month also outpaces all other PlayStation exclusives. Not just PlayStation 4, it's for any PlayStation since the platform's debut in 1995. Uh, came out on April 20th, so it was only available for 10 days in the month, but it was still able to beat that record, uh, which was previously held by Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which came out on PlayStation 2 in October 2004. Uh, so needless to say, this game crushed it, just like Kratos crushes every god he ever comes upon. Um, just, you know what? Fantastic, and I will give... I will give a clapping ovation for uh, you know the Santa, Sony Santa, Monica. what is it, Sa- Santa Monica Studios, because uh, despite my own grapes with the game, um, it was clearly uh, pent up demand for that type of game, and it reached an audience that they were, uh, you know, able to to match. So uh, a lot of demand boosted uh, the PlayStation 4 system sales. I believe the God of War bundle was the highest uh, in terms of uh, sales revenue. Uh, for the month, so obviously nice. people were buying PlayStation 4, uh, I think it was a Pro bundle, right? PlayStation 4. Yeah, it was a Pro. pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that was great. Um, let's see, total was $823 million for hardware, up for 18% from 699 in April 2017. I'm sorry, that was software. Um, so big jump there. Hardware was $225 million, up 15% from $195 million. PC and console software, $359 million, up 13%. Accessories, $241 million, up 28% uh, from what you said. That's cool. Well, so, I mean, we're, uh, up, we're up. I mean, because it's been down a lot, like, before, like, yep. years ago, so. Yep, before, uh, you know, before, you know, <laughs> PlayStation came and, out. Yeah, before the good games came out, before Nintendo had a system that wasn't failing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, good numbers. Uh, we have a healthy market. Uh, and unfortunately, Jim's not on the podcast uh, to talk about whether whether or not it's a good thing that uh, things may be uh, ending uh, in the not too distant yeah. future. For no, this, I mean there's uh, definitely been some rumors about a certain next gen system after what you know four. So like, and not necessarily like a far away stuff. I mean, we're talking like very soon. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I th- if we want to discuss that a little bit, I think that. Um, it's about the time that you would start hearing about that stuff, and I would assume like 360 and PS3 era was an anomaly. I would say like that that happened. Because oh yeah. Of, 
uh, just because of the in mm. the way the industry was going and like they couldn't afford to to move away from it quickly enough. And we saw with this like generation, like we already got like a hardware revision where we we're, we're fracturing the performance of games. Like mm -hmm. some games will run better because you have a, the newer hardware. So, uh, so what makes you think that <laughs> they wouldn't just stretch it out even more then? doing the same thing i think uh not that they would want to stretch down more i just think that the um, pc market is just putting too much pressure on them right now because of what you can do on pc that you can't do on console yeah which is, which is 4k 60 frames <laughs> so like that's i mean that's that vr they, yeah and mm. vr um that there you know is is going to be pushing the console makers to make something better and and i not necessarily think that's like you know a good thing or not because they're finally coming out with like these games like god of war and stuff like that but um because it does take a little while for these games to like for these companies to figure out the hardware and things like that but if they kind of keep it similar because like we're saying it's pc software ba like hardware basically now if you're, you're getting iterative upgrades in hardware i don't see why it would be such a huge jump you know they're not doing PS2 to sell technology where like, they didn't know how to do that for like seven years. They, people couldn't figure it out. So it's going to be very similar development uh, hardware. So I would expect things to come out a little bit quicker. And I would be totally fine if they said, all right, next hardware is coming out fall of, or November 2019. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I would be too. Because um, I don't know. It's just when I think about it, it's unfortunate because in, in, on, on one hand, um, you know, I feel like uh, I, I don't boot up my PlayStation 4 that much, uh, except, you know, the Anomaly games where it's like God of War before that. It was like mm -hmm. uh, probably Persona and Horizon last year. And Nier. Uh, yeah, Nier. So it was just like, you know, four games over the course of 12 months. I mean, that's not really yeah, not really that great. Everything else, it's like I'm just, you know, either playing on the PC or, you know, it's, it's going to be Switch for the portability. It's like... Um, you know, PC is going to offer me the more customization. I'm going to be guaranteed future-proof uh, because you know, no matter when I upgrade my PC, I'll still have that game. Uh, mm -hmm. So there's that. But you know, on the other hand, it's like I feel like my PlayStation Four uh, purchase still isn't like a, a runaway smash hit in terms of like even when I think about like Xbox 360, I got so many games for that over the years. Well, the value um, of that, yeah, was. Yeah, ridiculous. and not even like not even like the whole life cycle of the Xbox 360, but like the first like three or four years were just incredible for that system. Uh, I mean, just both from Microsoft themselves and uh, you know from third parties that they were just running circles around uh, Sony. Whereas I felt like this generation took like a good like year and a half to mm -hmm. really kick yeah. off. Because I mean, I remember I got a PlayStation 4 just because uh, just because I had so much credit, and I was like, well, I'll just get a PlayStation 4 to have it um, for whatever reason. I think the only games I had were the PS Plus free games. Uh, I was playing like what Strider and um, what's that shooting game, Resogun. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I think the first like console, like actual sixty dollar title I bought was a uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, just because like, well, I'll I'll give Bioware one more chance. Uh, and there's that. And it's like, well, <laughs> why'd I bother? And then Destiny. I'm like, okay, this is just developers disappointing me yet again so uh we'll see i mean i don't know that's that's my personal feeling 2019 playstation 5 came out as long as it's like hey your playstation 4 software library carries over backwards compatibility uh controllers i'm like okay i'm fine with that i can 
happily just upgrade uh, that way. But if they're like, nope, sorry, start over again, I'm like, nah, fuck you guys. And I'll wait. Yeah. I don't know I, why you would... Um, I don't know. I don't know why you would call a PlayStation 5 and then just... Like, they don't really do backwards compatibility. <laughs> like, why not just call, keep going with that, though? Like, the, well, the again, Xbox One, that they don't... They haven't before too often... But because of the 360's runaway success, they had to add it in retroactively, <laughs> and the, the lack of anything they had at launch. So, or even now. Well, yeah, but there, at least there's some third-party things going on now. Yeah, I don't know. I'd personally way, be surprised if they did backwards compatibility with four, uh, with five, the four games. I, don't, I, I mean, just feel like maybe. I would hope they would do it, though. Um, I would hope they since, would. That'd be nice because they, they have one online. of the largest install bases, like... <laughs> I mean, if they're all about four time. players and whatever they want to call their... Like, they have their slogan and stuff, you would you would do that. You would not want to, you know... Because, like, with PS3, all you had was PS2 games when that came out. And they bank, sort of, their whole, like, stance where they don't want cross-platform play is sort of them, like banking on the fact that they have the larger install base and they want you to buy a PlayStation to play with the most people and stuff like that. I guess they do. They have done backwards compatibility before and it was something that they've done and the PS3 was kind of the first time they didn't do it so it makes sense. This is the first like Sony system I've actually like preferred (laughs) because in the past they've been bad um, with They've been anti-consumer in a lot of ways, and they are still, you know, especially with that cross-platform stuff. I don't goes. think PlayStation Two was anti-consumer. PlayStation Two just broke all the time. Had a was That's the last not one to have anti-consumer only... though. Yeah, it's just no, still and it had only two. You need to buy a multi-tap still for that when everyone else had four controllers, and this was before online was like regular, so that was an issue. And they made so many like different versions of it that like some things didn't even work. It was. It was not a good. It's one of the most overrated systems ever. PlayStation Ooh. Two. Oh my god! I don't, that's such a hot take. I don't know if I could touch that without uh, putting on some gloves. Uh, that's a discussion we could have another time. But um, real quick, let's finish up because uh, we didn't even get to the ranking. So uh, obviously, number one, we talked about God of War twenty eighteen. Uh, number two, Far Cry five, which yeah, puts uh, Ubisoft as the number one uh, publisher for the year. Far Cry 5 was April's second best-selling game in dollar sales and remains the year's top seller overall. Uh, Ubisoft remains the top revenue-generating publisher year-to-date. So good job on Ubisoft. They figured out how to balance their traditional games with their, uh, you know, um, live service games. Uh, mm-hmm. And I expect that to continue uh, while everybody else catches up. You know, people like Microsoft, Bungie, Sony, Nintendo, all of them, you know, EA especially. Uh, so we'll go with that. Uh, number three, uh, strong strong for MLB 18, the show, another Sony exclusive, which... Uh, Supposedly, it's a really good game. Uh, number four, probably a controversial pick uh, for the naysayers, but uh, the Nintendo Labo Variety Kit sits at number four for the month. Um, number five was Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. Uh, number six, Mario Kart 8. Number seven, Grand Theft Auto 5, which I will mention by name since Jim's not on the <laughs> podcast. Eight, Call of Duty World War II. Number nine, Super Mario Odyssey. Number 10, NBA 2K18. Um, let's see, 11, PUBG, 12, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, 13, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, 14, Monster Hunter Worlds, uh, still there. Number 15, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Number 16, A Way Out, fuck the uh, Oscars. Uh, <laughs> number 17, Yakuza 6, 18, Sea of Thieves, 19, Kirby Star Allies, and number 20, FIFA 18. So, 
Uh, pretty healthy results uh, for everybody all around. Uh, you know, even Microsoft paying off that PUBG exclusivity there. Um, and obviously Sony's having a great month, and you know, Tenno's uh, back catalog is still selling very strong on the Switch. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty healthy month overall. Any comments or anything about any of those games? Um, well, it's just like think looking at the year to date stuff is interesting uh, because yeah, you have God of War at number three for year to date, which is pretty neat for an exclusive beating out Call of Duty. But and Call of Duty came out last year, but mm-hmm. still, I, I'm surprised by that. What's so funny is like Grand Theft Auto Five, a game that came out in 2013. He's still number six on the year to date. Yep. This is ridiculous. And that's the thing is, you know, uh, I think going back to the conversation real quick about backwards compatibility, I really feel like this generation is going to have the third-party publishers pressuring Sony to, like, uh, you know, do backwards compatibility. As games become a service, like, it makes sense to just be able to, uh, you know, and again, these consoles are becoming more and more just like PC. And, yeah, with PC, you don't have to worry about yep. you know your Overwatch becoming unavailable to play because you upgraded your you know your graphics card, right. so it does make sense. I think that it would be a misstep for them to not do it, but at the same time, why are you calling it PS Five then? Why not just call it like like we don't know it's called PS Five, so it could just be called the PlayStation. Like yeah, so. and it's and funny because I remember sense. before the PlayStation Four was officially named, I even made the argument that maybe they dropped the forename. And I remember you argued against me, and I was like, well, you know, we'll see. Uh, but uh, maybe it is It was interesting, too, because, yeah, I, at the time, you want to get that, that sequel number. And I think also, like, the whole... Like, we talked about how 4 in Japanese was kind of, like, a bad thing. You yeah, know, you, bad omen, yeah. Yeah, so apparently <laughs> it's not for them, so... No. Uh, but... Yeah, no, I uh, I think it makes a lot of sense now to just call it the PlayStation. And, yeah, because um, I mean, you, you look at like Apple marketing for a while. They, you know, uh, well, the iPhone they still do it, but like the iPads, you know, they just call it two and then three, and then it's like, oh, the new iPad, right? And the new new iPad and the iPad new <laughs> mini. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wait a second, what's the difference between this and the phone mini? Like, oh, I don't know. But I think um, like, because of what they did last, like with the, the Pro, you know, it's like, well, now you have to call it the PS4 Pro. Like, if you just call it the PlayStation, now I could call it the PlayStation, and then you can call it the PlayStation 2025 or whatever you want. You know, like, you can just, hey, this is the year the, the new PlayStation comes out. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, you know, following up with what you said, Corey, I think there is a possibility that they just call it PlayStation. Yeah. Um, I really feel like uh, after this generation, we are going to see more of this, like, uh, you know, bi yearly. Uh, upgrades, you know, kind of like how mm-hmm. it went from PS4 to PS4 Pro, Xbox One to Xbox One X, and I've, I'm still calling it. We're going to see within you know another um, you know eight to ten months that we're going to see a Switch Pro or you know whatever. Definitely, uh, especially with just, that that you know exploit that's been discovered. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're going to want to change that hardware. <laughs> right, but um, it's just showing that like you know you have your your bleeding uh, edge consumers that will go out and buy that. Um, the gyms which of the will, world. <laughs> Right, exactly. That'll get more, you know, uh, in the market for, you know, people like GameStop to, you know, make money off of use sales. Uh, but, I mean, really, like, it's just, like you said, like, what what's the difference between, like, that and, you know, a PlayStation 6? What's going to be the difference? I mean, these yep. the graphical leaps and the power is, are not as huge as they used to be. I mean, you you go from the PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2, very noticeable leap. PlayStation right, 2 to PlayStation from standard to HD, you know. So right, it's... right. And, but PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4? 
it's it's really hard. Like uh, with some of those games, especially the really optimized ones, I think you'd be hard pressed if you were just watching a TV. Uh, and again, you know. as of right now, I think most gamers, uh, not necessarily like video files like Jim, would rather have a smooth running game than a 4K experience. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. that's that's the, that's the thing that I wish they would like stop harping on this 4K stuff. Like, you know, like I get <sighs> you want to be like in 4K and all that, but right now, like I want my game to run like smoothly. That's what I yeah, want. I- Yep, I just want performance mode. So, That's all exactly. So yeah, so if we do get PlayStation Five or just called the PlayStation, and you know every couple of years, or whatever we get new hardware, or whatever, I, that's fine. I think that uh, like you're saying, it's gonna be. They're basically PCs anyway now. So uh, I think that the PC market has really developed quite a bit, and where the old console formula is, is not the same anyway. It's not. We're not an offline. Uh, world anymore as well so being online mm-hmm. all the time really changes this whole aspect of you know how we connect and how we play games and stuff so um yeah the days of you know your consoles mm-hmm. being yeah. better also like they were better than pcs uh are over so yep yeah absolutely uh and you know one other point that i'm going to make to tie into the next bit of news is um you have these live service games now that are just absolutely huge. You have, you know, mm-hmm. the PUBG, you have Fortnite, um, you know, Overwatch, all these games that if they're not available day and date on, you know, the, let, let's just say if they continue the, the old tradition where it's like PlayStation 5, no backwards compatibility. You know, right now, Fortnite is the most popular game in the world, uh, yep. uh, console gaming, uh, or, you know, dedicated shooter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and if they come out with PlayStation 5 and Fortnite's not there day one, I can't see a lot of people being like, yeah, let me, you know, trade in my PlayStation 4. Let me go out and buy a PlayStation 5 when I can't play the game that all my friends are playing right now. Mm-hmm. No, um, absolutely. No, the games as a service know. thing is definitely going to push that backwards BC yeah, stuff because, yep. yeah, I don't see how you can, you can take that away from the consumer at this point. Yep, and Epic is going to make sure that this game is around to stay because uh, they just announced the other day that they are going to provide... $100 million for Fortnite esports tournament prize pools in the first year of competitive play. Uh, that is a lot, a lot, lot of money. Um, I'm pretty sure that's more money than the top 10 games uh, in terms of esports uh, did in 2017 combined. Um, I read that somewhere out the source, but that's a lot of money. Um, and that's absolutely insane because that's going to drive the, you know, uh, esports scene there um, remains to be seen if this will really take off but I mean you look at Twitch any day any night and Fortnite is number one or you know, it's in the top five guaranteed at any point even when you yeah. have the Overwatch tournaments even when you have the League of Legends tournaments uh, it, it is the hot thing to play right now and it's it's insane uh, it's really really crazy how much this, this game has captured the young like teenage demographic yeah, and you can play it anywhere, anytime you want, <laughs> because yep, it's on every every yep. device possible. Yep, cross so. platform. So, yeah, it's good there. Uh, any comment from you, Mike? Fortnite? <laughs> Not about Fortnite. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, moving along to another uh, popular game. Uh, there was a little snafu with uh, Paladin Strike, uh, <laughs> and how they had outsourced some uh, art assets. And uh, one of them looked very, 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 very similar to an Overwatch uh, art asset for uh, an in-game promotion. 
which basically had uh, the map from Lijiang Tower uh, on Overwatch as the background for this like Paladin Strike advertisement. It's like, uh, yeah, it's the exact exact same piece of art. Uh, and they're like, ah, oh, this was a result of poor quality control and outsourcing. Thanks for pointing this out. Uh, this is created by an overseas partner studio, and we, you know, we didn't have much of an oversight. The oh, foreigners blah, blah, blah. did it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, we need to wipe our hands free of this. So, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's so funny because when Paladins uh, first came out, and I don't know if Paladins Strikes the same game or not. I have no idea actually, but um, it was basically a straight up Overwatch clone uh, initially, and then they tried to do so much to make it something different, <laughs> and then this happens. It's like, oh man. What are you doing over there? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not <laughs> at all. Um, let's see. Moving along. Uh, Microsoft, in my opinion, this is the most interesting thing Microsoft has contributed to the landscape of the video game industry. Um, they showed off their adaptive controller, which is for uh, disabled or handicapped gamers. Um, this yeah, this know, is an amazing thing that they are doing. And, um, uh, yeah, like they, they, this hopefully will push you know other companies and other um you know people in the industry to take a look at you know not everyone is able to play these games that you play or you make because the controller is just not something that some people can use uh and so they having this an adaptive controller that is geared towards you know a disabled or handicapped person allows like everyone to play games it's really really cool that they're doing this yeah, and um, you know, for those of you, uh, you know, anyone listening, I would definitely uh, recommend uh, going out and either watching a video on it or looking at least looking at pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty crazy. Like it looks like this big rectangle it has these two gigantic, like um, I would say, like mini CD, mini DVD sized. It buttons. looks like a turntable. Yeah, it looks like a turntable. It has a D pad, uh, Xbox button, but it has like all these input. Um, sockets for all these various things so like you know if you're uh, handicapped disabled or you know can't you don't don't have the strength to press buttons on one particular hand or thumb or finger you can plug in these other things that will be specifically for one thing like the a button if you wanted you know that to be a particular thing or if you wanted um you know a joystick the right joystick to be a particular thing you'd plug a device directly into that it'll automatically read like hey this okay i'm supposed to be the the right analog stick so Whatever you do, I will read that as the mm-hmm. right analog input. Um, and it's just crazy, like all the different uh, options are already showing off from you know um, full arcade sticks to um, something that looks eerily to a, a Wii remote nunchuck, uh, headsets, uh, regular Xbox controllers. Because you know some of these people, it's like one hand is good and the other hand you know has some issues. Or you might not even so just, have a hand. <laughs> right, or you might not even have a hand. Like I saw this one person who had to actually use this like straw looking device that like they had to like blow in it to you know do like button inputs and stuff like that and it's it's absolutely crazy um to think that you know a device like this is going to allow them to partake in that you know kind of mm-hmm. uh you know entertainment uh, and hobby that we all share and love so yeah. it's just and it's kind of amazing and sad but at the same time because how it took this long for something like this to come out you know mm-hmm. so that's really it's it's yeah. great that it's happening now at least, but I'm, it's like amazing. Like this hasn't even because people have been modifying their controllers to be able to play games for a while, like forever. And like I, mm-hmm. I know, um, it's a big thing for some games and some uh, developers to make sure that every button is mappable. So if it's not like you can remap anything you want on the controller, yep. because they know that there's some people out there that just can't. Do certain like inputs on certain controllers and things like that, so they allow them to remap things. 
So, you know, that's been out there, but having an actual controller that is like so customizable and so accessible to so many different people, it's really cool that uh, it's happening. And then hopefully, you know, other, you know, like Sony and, and Nintendo and like they follow suit and put something on their system so that, you know, more people can enjoy. Yeah. Um, I read this article where um, somebody who actually was like one of the beta testers or whatever for it, they're like, actually, you know, Sony and Nintendo, they do this type of thing, um, but it's like a mostly like special case basis where like people will reach out to them and be like, hey, can you help us figure out a solution for this? Mm. And they'll do it. But this is like the first big push on a wide, you know, massive scale where it's like, look, like we're going to release the biggest component because this thing, the, the controller itself, the hub, uh, if you want to call it, would cost like hundreds of dollars normally. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, it is a little expensive on, in terms of like if you look at it at, from a regular controller, it's ninety nine ninety nine. But like this will oh, wow. open that's up so like many nothing, doors. That's, though, yeah. that's nothing for you know somebody that is going to get into gaming uh, via you know alternate game control aspects. So uh, I think it's incredible. Like I said, I think it's the best thing Microsoft has done for the gaming market in terms of like mm-hmm. this is you know something I can applaud them for and you know. This is what I want to see more. You know, more yeah, stuff was like forward thinking. Like, exactly. hey, nobody's forward in the different yep. directions that haven't been, you know, um, delved into before. Yep. Mike, any comments? It's a good thing, and it'll be interesting to see if everyone else has their own version of it soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one cool thing uh, I know, um, it's a uh, what's his name, Spencer. Phil Spencer? Yeah, Phil Spencer. You know, Jim's, Jim's boy. boy. Uh, you know, uh, I do give him credit because he's like, you know, we are making this thing because there is, you know, a need that was really being serviced. Uh, and we want, we don't want to make it like, hey, this is just a Microsoft Xbox thing. We want it to mm-hmm. be usable and open to anyone. So, you know, um, if it's supportable, like plug and play into PlayStation and, you know, Switch and PC yeah. and all that stuff, I mean, that, that just makes it. The market that much bigger for you know everybody. And I do so. give him credit because um, he is open to like working together with people. Like, like it seems like he's more focused on trying to get this out everywhere and like all the stuff everywhere for everyone instead of making games. <laughs> so it's like yep. <laughs> uh, that's great, but like you gotta make games too, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because yep. he, he like cross play. Let's do this. You know, where where, where you at, Sony? <laughs> Let's play. Uh, yep, and that's the thing. I, I really hope that you know crossplay and backwards compatibility. I hope both those things Microsoft can put pressure on Sony yeah. for the next round. Because uh, you know I've talked about it before, but like if you're in the market leader, you don't have to react to the rest of the market. Mm-hmm. Usually, uh, everybody else has to revolve around you. So that's why the other you know people who are losing have to come up with those competitive advantages where they can. Like with Xbox, it's like hey, look, we can't. Po- it's impossible to make these new hit triple a games uh to compete with sony in a timely fashion the, the generation is going to be over by the time that a game would come out and it'd be kind of like a wii situation where it's like hey you, re- you have all these great games but the the user base isn't there to support it uh so we're just pissing away money it's like oh you know what let's open up our back catalog because uh, you know that we can you know use as a part of our game pass service and help sell that this and the other thing so it's just like it just made sense for them so mm-hmm. hopefully that does well and puts pressure on on sony because again i think we got a little bit of that that's sony arrogance now especially with the cross-platform play uh mm-hmm. you know where it was, uh, wasn't it epic was like they accidentally turned on the cross yeah yeah no, xbox players are playing with playstation players and <laughs> oops it's, it's just like, a flip of the switch apparently literally a flip of the switch so yeah pretty good stuff there 
Um, Corey, this bit of news I think was for you. Uh, Division Two <laughs> is going to release within the next twelve months. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like, uh, it's funny because we kind of discussed. Like, I was kind of talking about how, like, oh, Destiny's kind of bringing me back in last week, and you know, does that what does that mean for Division Two? Because I'm ex- I was excited to see Division come back and um, be as good as it. You know, the changes they made to the first Division. So, like, if they're going to do a sequel and build upon that, what, you know, like, that's what we expected from Destiny, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, what can Ubisoft do to kind of build on that? And it's funny because. I mean, they've been just killing it with supporting their games and continually updating them and, you know, providing service to these games that, um, you know, the fans want. And Rainbow Six Siege has just been getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, so Division being a game where it's a it's an, like a living game where uh, it's, a, like, it's like a semi-MMO kind of thing going on, like they could really, this could be the one that really kind of elevates that genre uh, mm-hmm. And there's not that many games that are going to fill that niche <laughs> uh, and survive. So we'll see if uh, Division 2 can actually do that. And I yeah, I was really hyped for the, the first Division. And I did go back and play it after they've updated it and things like that. So I'm excited to see what they do here. Because uh, I did like the setting. I wonder if they're going to change the cities or not. But, uh, you know... We'll see, because uh, Destiny 2 is there talking about doing the same thing, like changing it up and making it better. So, uh, And if this comes out in the next 12 months, it's going to be right around when Destiny 2 is trying to change what they're doing and pivot with oh, their, boy. their yeah. failures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Division certainly was a game that, you know, on paper looked uh, sounded cool. Uh, I mean, it looked and played pretty cool from what I saw. You know, I remember watching Apple play. It just was one of the things where it's like it wasn't good enough or, you know, something else and came it's out. it's like, again, the thing where, like, you have these two games competing with each other, Destiny and Division, and one of them you just felt more invested in playing, you know, and the other one, it was prohibiting you from, you know, becoming better and, and you know, the RPG loot grind was just not, was not there. And so once they made that change in the Division, it really brought a lot of people back. <laughs> Yeah. It was just so too same. confusing as well in the beginning. So, yeah. But, I mean, I have faith in Ubisoft. They seem to know what they're yeah. doing right now. So Yeah, no. I mean, like you mentioned in the NPD segment, they're uh, number one Killing publisher it. this year. So, yeah. uh, Last bit of real quick news. Uh, it appears that Best Buy no. is discounting their Gamer Club Unlock program. For those of you that don't know. Did you say discounting or discontinuing? Discontinuing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was discounting, but it's discontinuing. <laughs> Um, but uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Best Buy had this amazing service for probably four or five years now where you played a flat fee, and for two years, you would get 20% off all new video games uh, at yeah, retail. Not new releases, just new games that like, yeah, have any, not been any, used before. <laughs> right, any new, you know, any new game at all. Um, and I think I got I first hopped on when it was $60 for wow. two years, and then they discounted to $30. I'm like, that's $15 a year. That's a bargain. Because you think about it, you buy a $60 game, and it, bring, it knocks off $12 right off the bat. So you're like, you only need to make two purchases to make your money back on this program per year. Yep. Um, so it was a no-brainer. And it worked on um, collector's editions, editions, limited editions, yeah. all that stuff. So like, it, it paid for itself, more than paid for itself. Oh, yeah. uh, it also... It also boosted like discount on. Uh, I definitely bought the Overwatch um, collector's edition because of GCU. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, and you know, for me, and I know Jim, he's not on the podcast again uh, to talk about it, but this is how uh, the most of us have, you know, the, at least the two of us in 
probably Corey, you too, uh, subsidize our new video game costs because it's like I could buy a, a new video game for like $50 after tax, uh, play it, you know, and within that first month I could flip it either back to Best Buy or GameStop or, you know, eBay or Craigslist, you know, for, probably for maybe a little bit less, 45 or something like that. So it's like a glorified rental at worst. Or, you know, if we like it, you get to keep it and, you know, just make bank, you know, because you, you didn't pay full price for it. You know, I think after tax it would be like 63 so you're saving yeah. like 13 total, something like that. Um, so it was a great program. Uh, it definitely drove and me it, to buy. And it pushed Amazon to do something similar, too, yeah. like, because of how popular it was and the fact that everyone, like, it brought people to Best Buy. It absolutely, like, helped that brand. And, like, Amazon had to, like, Amazon doesn't normally, like, respond that way. But, like, uh, nope, we got to do something because nobody's exactly. buying video games from us anymore. Like I was just saying, it's very rare that the market leader has to respond to a competitor. But, yep. obviously, the Gamer Club Unlock program was doing good enough that uh, they had to respond uh, with their own similar program. So, uh, it looks like it's going away. Uh, they're not accepting any new renewals or memberships. Uh, Best Buy PR has said that they are getting rid of it for whatever reasons. But if you do uh, have a membership, if you did buy it, you do will. Yes, you will get they throughout will, your. Yeah, they will honor but, the um extent, like the amount of, you know, time you have left. So, yeah, this is unfortunate because mine's up in a few months, and I'm like, no. I was literally just thinking about renewing it because I was like, oh, I should just do this. I know it's a pain in the ass if you wait too long. And now I'm like kind of kicking myself because I'm like, well, ah, I gotta plan things out. But hopefully, you know, maybe it comes back. Maybe enough people will either. Make some noise, or just stop buying, you know, buying at Best Buy, and be like, you know what? Maybe we need this traffic back. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's going to be it for the news. So uh, let's get into what we've been up to. Corey, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I've been playing more Destiny with the new Warmind DLC, and I am enjoying what they've done with it. They've made it a much more um, enjoyable experience because before you really didn't have anything to do. Uh, now you have all these things that you can be doing that feels like you're progressing your character. Like there's actual um, progression now where before you just did an event or you did a, a thing and then that was it, you were done and like, okay, that, I'm not doing it. I'm not really f like furthering my character. I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything. Here, now every time you log in, you feel like you're accomplishing things. Now, again, this is only two weeks in, so or not even, it's just been a week, so it could be a totally different story within another week or so, but as of right now, I'm enjoying myself because I do feel like I have stuff to accomplish. Even though I've finished the main campaign of it, there does feel like um, my 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 time in there is not being wasted. I am, you know, pushing myself forward, and and there's stuff to grind for. Uh, and speaking of grinding, I've also been playing the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on Switch. Nice. I'm in chapter eight, uh, and so. I'm hoping to get some more time in that, you know, this week. I was trying to, you know, I've been just doing Destiny a lot, so I've been trying to get some more of that in. But, uh, yeah, I'm just really early in Chapter 8 right now. I'm underneath the cloud sea, if you guys know what that means. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then um, that's pretty much it. I did not get to play any God of War, just because if I'm going to be playing on my console, I kind of have to choose <laughs> yeah. um, one, so... Uh, I do want to finish that game though, so we can uh, talk about it some more and see. Because I, I know my buddy at work has also been like, "Yeah, we gotta talk about this ending. It's pretty cool." So oh. that's it. All right, uh, Mike, go ahead. Um, again, I was pretty busy these last couple of weeks, so I'm 
nothing really new. I played a little further into the end game. It's still the end game, I feel like, of uh, Assassin's Creed, but I didn't finish it. I, my gameplay on this game has been so splintered at this point. Like they're referencing these characters, and I really don't remember who they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not really that good. So that's what's happening there. Um, then a lot of Rocket League and a little more Injustice too. They had a one-year anniversary multiverse event where uh, they offered source crystals if you just beat a large group of bosses that they had. And that was pretty interesting. Uh, source crystals are their, um, like, the m- currency you can buy with money, and it's what you use to buy, like, specific shaders, and st- if you want to just get them right away and not wait and hope you get them from the loot box. So I would, that, went through that, finally got all the right colors for the Ninja Turtles, because the way they, they're set up, their bandanas are always the right color, but, like, it's each shader sort of changes like all their other like gear like they're like you know elbow pads and knee pads and stuff like that so if you wanted to have it like the cartoon was where that was all the same color there's shaders for that <laughs> so you had to get but you had to get one for each color so you had to get all four so that took a little bit but um did that more rocket league got in fights with people online over oh, rocket, league, rocket league DLC coming too yeah i know that they're ending i believe their seventh season and are about to start the eighth so something i don't know what the dlc is exactly but i know they're going to have a lot more stuff in a little bit every new season they add something a little something not nothing crazy but there's something there so i came still going strong i've been playing that for pretty much the duration of this playstation 4 generation (laughs) um but that's about it for me Okay, uh, cool. Let's see what I've been up to. Uh, so actually, over the weekend, uh, Pokemon Go had their Community Day. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Community Day is when... Uh, what is their name? Uh, what's the company that makes Pokemon Go? Nick, well, I forget. Whatever it is. Uh, they're like, yay, for three hours, um, we're going to spawn a special Pokemon, and um, they're going to be wild. Uh, and then certain areas are going to have them more populated. So um, just because of the people I work with, they're involved in it. They're like, there's this uh, Philadelphia area. Sorry. I just, I just no, Yeah, thank you, Niantic. I was like, Nikala? I was like, no, they're they're the publisher on like indie games and shit. Um, but anyway, uh, because I'm part of the Philadelphia Pokemon Go Discord uh, through the people at work, they're like, hey, we're going to meet up in these two different parks in the area. Uh, come on out. We're going to have like, you know, uh, food and drink and, you know, whatnot. Uh, and I was like, interesting. Like, Okay, whatever. I was like, it was like three hours on Saturday. I was like, you know what? I've never been to one of these. It's my favorite Pokemon. Uh, if you're interested, it's Charmander. Uh, so I was like, and he's a rare spawn. So I was like, you know what? I'll get some Charmanders uh, today. So I went out. And it's actually pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. Uh, definitely more than I expected. So the game's far from dead. Uh, obviously not at its peak popularity, but um, I want to say I saw probably 100 people uh, in those three hours. Um, and it was interesting because there was people from all ages like i saw like families together with you know obviously the kids and stuff you know people around my age uh even some some elderly people and this is like all they're doing is going around walking around these parks catching pokemon uh and stuff and it was just kind of interesting to see like these people just get together outside of like an arcade setting or outside of an esports type thing where it's like hey we're all playing the same game it's like kind of crazy to think about um unfortunately the parker rat spawned like a rare legendary pokemon so you saw like 
these 30 plus people just like swarming this one area to like take down this Pokemon uh, in the rain. And I was like, it's kind of cool. It's like very different. It's not, you know, anything that can easily be replicated on a, you know, console or PC experience. So that was pretty fun. Um, other than that, I've uh, been playing a bit of Overwatch. Actually, Overwatch had its second anniversary today. Uh, mm-hmm. So happy birthday, Overwatch. Uh, you log in, you get a legendary loot crate, which is guaranteed to contain one legendary. Uh, on PC, I opened it up to the new Bastion legendary, uh, where he looks like a Transformer uh, colored game. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and they're bringing back um, every old skin from any event. Uh, they're bringing back all the old events like Lucio Ball, um, uh, Franken... Frankenrats or whatever his name, Junkenstein, uh, his PVE thing, mm-hmm. uh, all the uh, uprising stuff. It's all back, uh, so you can play that for two weeks, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I've been watching Overwatch League because uh, Stage Four just started up, and that kind of shook up the meta scene or the meta, just because yeah. uh, the new character Brigitte is finally playable, uh, and she definitely broke some teams. Like some teams were like, yes, this is what we needed, and other teams are like, oh, this is definitely not what we need, because um, for the past, like, I would say, like, four months or so, uh, Overwatch League competitive has been a little stale just because uh, the popular thing to do is what they call dive composition, where you basically get um, D.Va and Winston, um, Zenyatta... All the fast characters just rush Tracer, the point. Yeah. <laughs> right, you just rush the point, like, get the kills, because, again, you're talking about the best of the best players in the world. Um, and just like dive, dive the point, get it, and uh, just kind of steamroll. Uh, so Brigitte, because she's a tanky support uh, and she has a she- uh, stun bash or shield bash stun on a relatively short cooldown, it's like a tracer or a Genji pops in and just like, yeah, you're you're dead, bro. Like one stun and one combo, you're you're dead. So it's like, it's re- even the tanks like, because um, I think it's a one and a half second stun, maybe, maybe one second. But with a coordinated team, that's enough to kill even a tank. Uh, as long and again, we're talking about professional e- esports players who are uh, trained to do this all the time. So it's just like, oh, this Winston dived us, let's kill him like right away. Uh, so it's been breaking up the meta. It's been funny seeing some of the teams uh, just trip over themselves. Um, Boston Uprising, who went undefeated uh, for stage three, went ten and zero against all the other teams in the league, only to fall to the uh, New York Excelsiors in the finals. Uh, are having a shitty time. They're over two right now. Uh, lost to Philadelphia Fusion, which is my team. Uh, got absolutely steamrolled. Uh, there's this clip that you got to watch where it's Carpe just popping off. Um, the way competitive works is kind of like you, you really. It's a numbers game. It's like for the most part, you really need uh, the numbers to, to win a fight. But there's this part in Lijiang Tower where he is playing as uh, Widowmaker, and most of the team had died. And his teammates are telling him, "Yeah, just reset. Just come back, reset. Uh, don't, don't." just die needlessly. He's like, no, no, this is winnable. This is winnable. And proceeds to headshot three enemies in a row, critical, so it's like guaranteed kills, runs into the point, kills the Reinhardt with like the machine gun aspect, and just like takes over the point for the win. And you're just like, holy shit, he just ramboed this as Widowmaker. Like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't doesn't make sense. But it's like those moments where I'm just like, yeah, this is an awesome esports to watch. So um, definitely excited for this stage. And, uh, and we're going to go, right? Yeah. Tell me. Yep. Yep, uh, Corey and I are going to be in New York for the uh, grand finals of the first year, inaugural year of uh, Overwatch League. Uh, they're at the Barclays Center, so uh, look for us uh, if you're going. It's going to be, what, July? 27, 28. Tw- July 27, 28. 
It's definitely going to be New York Excelsiors versus some other team because they're like the <laughs> New York Yankees. They're like the Patriots. It's just they are fucking unstoppable for the most yeah, part. Right they now, are... they're, they're really good. And who knows? I mean, anything can happen. But at this point, it definitely seems like they're going to be there. <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm definitely really enjoying this. And it's amazing to see how well it's been doing because a lot of people have doubts that they could do this. And uh make it something that resembles you know a more traditional sports league where Mm -hmm. um a lot of this stuff is a lot of esports right now is just like these corporation teams or whatever like not necessarily corporations but you know like the sixers have a team and like all these different people have these teams that are just like these teams they don't really have a like a you can't get uh, behind it because it's not like your team. It's like it's like yeah. it's a corporation. Like who cares? I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Like I just want to follow. Like I know I'm more invested in the New York Celsius team because they're from New York and that's where I'm from. It's like that area. So like that's my team. Like just like I'm a Jets fan and a Mets fan. It's like these are. I'm a fan of this location. It's weird. Like I live <laughs> here, so this is like my house. This is my home. It's like yeah. You you're more invested. It's my house. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. It's really neat that they've succeeded in that because it does put an onus on you, you know, feeling like more invested in these players and like, oh, now I want to know more about these players and who they are and things where before, like, they had Overwatch kind of competitions and stuff like that. And, like, CSGO is huge and stuff. But, like, I don't know any of those players. I don't care about them. But when you put that that location, that, um, you know, geographical <laughs> presence, I guess, it's just, even though it's all still in L.A. right now, uh, you do feel more invested. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting because you know uh, over the years I've said like I'm a big League of Legends uh, player, mm-hmm. and I love uh, even League of Legends like competitive play, uh, but like you were mentioning like it's mostly like companies that own these teams uh, and the players can just kind of bounce around. So like yeah, you you follow the players more than you do the teams for the most right. part because again like it's like okay Samsung Galaxy like okay I'm an Apple user like I don't give a <laughs> shit about that. Yep. But yeah, you're tied to the cities, and it, like it's an absolute genius move um, by the marketing team at Blizzard uh, to do it because um, it, it's absolutely crazy. Um, New York is going to be ridiculous that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know even going to Philly, I've seen like fusion shirts, uh, nice. you know, yeah. being worn and stuff like that. It's just it's crazy how like they are marketing this, and it it's going to be a big thing. And you know, if they expand it uh, next year for season two, um, yeah. I would love to see even no, more teams. Talking about uh, it, and like people were out like. Outraged uh, by the cost, like it costs twenty million dollars to buy into this league, uh, mm-hmm. and what they're talking about for the next like expansion teams are over sixty million. So yeah, like you could have got in on a discount, I guess. <laughs> yeah, early early edition, early Kickstarter, edition. early access, man. Everything's early. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, it'll be uh, interesting times. But uh, anyway, I think that's gonna wrap up the gamecast. Oh, unless just real else... quick, yeah, kind of breaking go. news a little bit for me personally. Gearbox just released on the Google Play Store an app called Border Worlds. Now, interesting. Why would they do that, Corey? I don't know. E three's coming up, and Borderlands three is not coming to E three, but. Border Worlds isn't Borderlands 3. Who knows? Yep. <laughs> yep. You're mm. exactly right. Hmm. Mm. Chin erupting. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, maybe we'll read a little bit more about that by uh, next week. We are ever closing uh, our E3, uh, you know, which is Gamer Christmas. Two weeks uh, away. Just, yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at podcast at allyoucangeek.net. 
please follow us on Facebook. Uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, we're on Twitter at All You Can Geek. Um, maybe Instagram, MySpace, uh, Zynga, uh, Blogspace. Uh, I don't even know anymore. But uh, yeah, just look for us, All You Can Geek. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.